my friends. The great experiment. The greatest trick. 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 Hidden. Trick. Trick. Would you look at that? The greatest trick. Trick. And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of star trick. Welcome to Greatest Trek. It's a new Star Trek podcast from the makers of The Greatest Generation. I'm Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison. We have a very exciting guest here on the podcast today, Adam. Fresh from the Rio, <laughs> where she stayed an extra day at Star Trek Las Vegas. It's Wendy Pretty. Hi, guys. Hi, Wendy. How you doing? We're all right. Did you make it to the airport and find out that your flight was canceled, or did they let you know before you, you hit the road? Tell us the travel story. The whole travel story. Oh, my God. Um, So I was checking out of the hotel. I had already clicked the checkout link. I had dropped the key in the box. And it's like, your flight is canceled. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is such a bad order of operations. Yeah. And this was at the other hotel, the hotel that we were staying at. And so it was 930 in the morning. You know, I was like getting ready to go to the airport. Thankfully, I wasn't already there. So I walked. I did an extra walk over to the Rio probably like the eight or ninth walk we did between those hotels. Because they're like Oof. across the street from each other, but like Vegas it's 20 Street. Minutes. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. 20 minutes away. Um, so I sat around in the deserted masquerade bar, did a bunch of work, <laughs> edited pod, and then found the FODs out at the pool and and waited it out. And um, yeah, then stayed at the Rio for, I mean, like slept for probably four hours so they had an available room at the Rio. Yeah, that was all sorted okay. pretty easily. <laughs> what can you tell us about your accommodations there? Because I think FODs might like to know a little more detail about what it's like to stay at the official Star Trek Las Vegas hotel. Oh my gosh. Um, the Rio is a total dump. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till you see the pool. Although, we, you know what we never saw there is the feral cats. So Yeah. yeah. I was looking forward to that, actually. I hope they're okay wherever they are. I love cats, but feral cats are a little, like, you know, it's like uh, if you're, like, an alcoholic and you don't realize that something has alcohol in it and somebody hands it to you, and you're like, oh, lemonade, I love this stuff, you know? Right. I, I'm sure they only come out at night, too. Feral cat could be real dangerous <laughs> if, yeah. if you're like me and want to pet every cat you see. So the room that I stayed in was, do you know, like, on the outside of the Rio... Part of it's blue and part of it's red or something. Yeah. You know, the tinting yeah. on the windows. So the room that I was in. You should know that there are air quotes around those colors <laughs> yeah, also. They're a bit faded. Um, but the room that I was in was like half and half. So oh, that was interesting. interesting. Like I was on the seam of it. Um, <laughs> and the other interesting thing about the room was that, and I, you know, I don't have any room to compare it to, but there was a big circular piece of carpet in the middle of the room that was noticeably different from all of the other parts of the carpet. <laughs> oh. And you could tell that it was like retrofitted with the big piece of circular carpet that was different. Did you <laughs> avoid walking on that part of the carpet? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. They had the coffee table on top of it. but <laughs> That's a the blood isn't going to come out of this part carpet patch situation. Sadly, I think that could be the case, yeah. God. Did you have hot water? One of the many stories I heard about staying at the Rio this year was that there was no hot water and barely any elevator service. Uh, The elevator was okay. Of course, I only took it like, I think, once or twice. Hot water was okay. I took a quick (laughs) shower last night, you know, before like sleeping for three hours. Damn. Yeah, and then got to the airport at like 4.30 this morning. 
415, something like that. And now it's like, of course, I lost time going east. So now it's... Yeah. Behind the pot at 7.30 your time. Yeah. What a day. It's been a day. Thanks for hopping on mic with us. Yeah. Yeah. STLB was so fun. I'm excited to talk about it. You know the greatest danger facing us is irrational fear. We don't know. Call my mark. Go fast. My shower at the Rio experience was that after our pool party on Sunday, I had to head to the airport and I was like, I'd really like to rinse the like pool and the sunscreen off of myself before I go through the airport industrial complex. And I walked over to the pool deck and I said, hey, is there like a locker room where I can shower off? And they're like, no, but there's an outdoor shower. And they pointed it out to me. And there's one outdoor shower on the pool deck. It's like in between the two pools, just like on the pathway there with no, it's not like a special area or anything. It just like, it literally like comes up out of the landscaping and is one, <laughs> one shower and it doesn't have a shower head on it. There was like pieces of a shower head on the ground. <laughs> so it's just spraying at you like a hose with a thumb <laughs> over it. Like, wow. Stand over here. I'll hose you off. Worse than a beach shower, pretty much. Yeah, absolutely worse than a beach shower. But it was like any port in a storm. I I don't want to take this funk to the airplane with me. Amazing. You know, and sit in a middle seat on my way home. It was so crazy to see what was open and available versus what wasn't at the Rio as a property. Like famously, the Purple Zebra is a place of mythical beverages, yeah. maybe to just Ben. <laughs> I had heard that it was open for a moment during the convention, mm -hmm. but I never saw it. Yeah. And I'd walked by it a, a bunch of times. It was never open when I was there. No. It was over a hundred degrees every day we were in Vegas and their slushy beverage store was not open at the hotel, which it's, it seems like they're leaving thousands of dollars a day on the table. Yeah, because those drinks are like $30 a piece. <laughs> we did find one open at a different casino, though. So I experienced the hoof. Oh, nice. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was a chain. I thought that that was a Rio specific. You know what? Good job by the folks at uh, Purple Zebra Corporate for uh, <laughs> sliding all of their employee effort into uh, the functional hotel. <laughs> That's a good move on their part. Yeah, the flavors at the Rio were pina colada, strawberry, watermelon, and cardboard <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the giant cardboard sheet over one of the machines. Yeah. All of that said, I went expecting the convention this year to be really close to dead. Like, I, I thought it was going to be a zombie convention that didn't have actors at it and that, you know, very few people would be in attendance of, you know, the strike going on right now really heavily prohibits what actors can and can't do outside of actually acting. And so I wasn't even sure if any of them would show up at all, but some did. And, you know, I think signing autographs is not prohibited, but like signing autographs of an image of you from a show seems to be have been prohibited because yeah. those actors had headshots for sale on their tables and like Garrett Wong had like silly headshots for sale like can we talk about the Garrett Wong headshot for a moment <laughs> it looks like you know that face that you make when you're a kid when you tuck your top lip and then you put stick your tongue out to become the top lip mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he had a tongue as lip headshot yeah 
Yeah, he had like extremely hunky headshots and then like regular, just like here's what Garrett Long looks like headshots. And then that that silly one. And I think we did make a mistake not getting him to sign a silly headshot. Uh, <laughs> we did get a, a selfie with him, uh, which is on yeah. the Greatest Trek Instagram. But uh, yeah, it was, I mean, in many ways kind of refreshing from what I heard. Like a lot of the panels, you know, like the convention was really trying to not put the actors in a tough spot and not mm-hmm. get them confronted with questions that it would be awkward for them to have to kind of get out of answering. So they were asking them questions about their lives and anecdotes about what it's like to to be an actor and stuff. And uh, I didn't sit in the panels really that much at all, but it seemed like people were really having a great time getting different stuff out of the the convention than the same kind of threadbare retold Mm -hmm. anecdotes about what season three was like or whatever. Right. Did you go to any panels, Wendy? I stayed for the Lambda Quadrant panel that happened right after you guys hosted. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting. They were just talking about subcultures in Star Trek and how most of the time aliens are portrayed as a monoculture, but there's some interesting exceptions to that. And so it was it was a cool conversation. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, we didn't want to stay around for that at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had just before eaten shit on that very stage, we actually got to do some performing at the convention oh, this year, Ben. Yeah, we were invited to be guests on the morning show. And then they were like, hey, if you guys want to be back here in like an hour, you can host bingo. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. The folks at Mission Log were very kind to be like, hey, uh, this is not a trap at all, hosting bingo. This is going to be fun fun and good for you if you just want to do the morning show first. John Champion, my friend, friend of the show, called out sick. He's like, hey, this is my co-host Norman. Host the morning show with him and Jessica. And Jessica was the only one I knew. Yeah. So you and I were up there uh, doing the morning show. I thought we had a great time doing that. We did have a great time. You guys were fun. But then we got absolutely destroyed at bingo. (laughs) We did. I've never hosted bingo before. I think I played it once or twice when I was like a kid at summer camp, which tells you the kind of summer camps my parents sent me to. Wow. Yeah. Summer camps at old folks' homes where you (laughs) take care of the elderly. Yeah. You won every tennis match at that. I think my proudest moment during bingo was comparing our performance to the saucer section of the D crashing into that planet. Uh, (laughs) That got a pop from the audience. It's not a greatest gen show unless you walk a couple of people. That definitely happened. That definitely happened, yeah. Pretty much every time somebody won, they they were like, okay, I'm done with bingo. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited to get the follow-up with... John and Norman about how we did because I'm curious yeah. if uh, their audience said anything. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if Creation will have us back next year. <laughs> oh yeah, that was another interesting aspect of this whole thing. I tried to get us uh, media passes. I was unsuccessful at doing that. But what I did do was walk us in there as if we owned the place. Yeah. So the morning of the morning show. The three of us roll through, and I'm communicating with John over text, and he's like, yeah, I'm I'm in a thing. I can't come and get you. You just got to come back. And I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't arrange for media passes or anything. So we roll up to the desk where a person was there checking people in against a list. And I was like, hey, uh, three of us from Greatest Gen here for the morning show. And he's like, "Uh, what are your names? (laughs) And I give mine, and he finds my name on the list, and he's like, well, uh, yeah, you're 
you're supposed to pay. <laughs> and I don't have Ben or Wendy on the list at all. There was a note like on the list next to your name, make sure yeah. he pays. <laughs> and I love this because this is so consistent with everything I got in communication with, with the convention. I was like, I immediately formed a bond with this dude behind the desk. I was like, yeah, man, we're just here to do a quick morning show thing. Like, it's not a big deal. So like, if you could just bracelet us up, uh, we'll be in and out real fast. And... These are not the droids you're looking for. He let us right in. It was great. Yeah, we got free bracelets. This is the first time we've gone to the Star Trek convention and not bought passes to get in. Yeah, yeah, great success. So in we walked. Uh, We had a great time on the morning show. Learned some some Klingon. Dr. Flox was one of our co-panelists, and he seemed to take great umbrage with the fact that we've never had him on the show as a guest. And... (laughs) He really did. That felt sincere. Yeah. His time is coming, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's basically bullied his way on, so look for that. But, like, we couldn't explain to him, like, yeah, we just don't have guests on that often, and also we haven't gotten to your series yet. So, like, both of those things have conspired against you. If he stuck around for bingo, I think he would have withdrawn his interest. (laughs) Because (laughs) me and you and Jessica Verde turned bingo into... An insane improv performance, the likes of which I think we've never done. Yeah. I think a good, like, 60% of the crowd was with us, but there were definitely outliers. Like, you're not going to win a bingo audience over if you're us. You're going to win a greatest (laughs) gen audience over. That's exactly why all of our bingo performances should come with a warning bois. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Prepare a buoy and launch it when ready. Warning buoys. Bingo. An emergency buoy. Bingo. A warning buoy. There were the people that were like, hey, my 11-year-old was there and did not appreciate when you pulled 069 as one of the bingo numbers. And we're like, we're not going to see the number 69 fly by and not say anything about it, sir. What are you supposed to do? You can't stick the ball back into the hopper. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. Yeah. But also I had a, a very nice lady come up to us after and she was like, I've never listened to a podcast before in, your, in my life, but you guys are really funny and I want to check your stuff out. And I like showed her how to find the podcast app on her phone Yeah, and uh, subscribe to our show. Yeah, I think we got some new viewers out of the experience. It was fun. Yeah. And you people, you're all astronauts. Some kind of star The greatest train. We met Meloda lady. Just after bingo, you remember that? Yeah. That was great. She was my favorite cosplay of the weekend. That was amazing. Great cosplay throughout. Hers especially was great. And she sang. Yeah. Yeah. So this was just a conference attendee who had done a perfect cosplay of the lady in that bar that sang Melota for Wharf in TNG. She had extra arms. She had done all the loaf perfectly. And she had pipes. Yeah. Yeah. She could sing for sure. It was beautiful. Have we already posted that video? Or, or I put it on an Instagram story. So if you missed the story, maybe we should do a highlight reel for STLV. Good call. Yeah. Put all the fun stories together. We that would be great. Keep it going year after year. We went into the merch hall at the uh, at the con. We we really lied through our teeth to the guy. I mean, no. it was it wasn't. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily lying at the time because we didn't know we were going to get invited back to host Bingo, but uh, but we did go into the merch hall, which was 
really fun and uh, always always a trip to see all of those like commemorative plates and like Franklin Mint issued you know number two hundred and sixty seven out of five thousand photographs of Kirk and Bones from Star Trek Four or whatever. Yeah, uh, there's so much just like I was talking to Wendy about how many different things they had come up with as merch ideas like we will sit around as a team and be like what about a water bottle is that too hard to do <laughs> like it'll take us like three years to get our act together to get a water bottle onto podshop.biz podshop.biz that is not a thing that is holding back the star trek industrial complex they are mining this ip for every red cent that they can get out of it Star Trek never had that beanie baby moment that I think they were probably hoping for with the Hallmark ornaments, right? Like nothing is more pervasive at these merch halls than the hundred different kinds of Hallmark ornaments. And yet like none of them I think are over $20. Like there's no Hallmark ornament bubble. (laughs) They're everywhere. The folks that they must take this stuff from convention to convention and just like set up a table and... And that that's a life, I guess. Like uh, that's like a yeah. career for some people. It felt like like real traveling circus vibes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a lot of the booths. Something I wasn't expecting in that room, though, is I mean, I definitely expected table after table of merch, but I did not expect for the signings to be in there. So when you walk through the merch hall, like I've never been to a convention before, so you walk through the merch hall and all of the actors are sitting at their tables uh, right there. It's not like a separate room or anything. So that was fun. You get to see how beautiful they are. Yeah. IRL. They, yeah. And they really are. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's a real stark divide, like us creeping around on one side of the tables and all those all those actors. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we, we did have to like break off for lunch. So Adam and I went over to the Cheesecake Factory at Caesar's Palace to review it for a different podcast that we also recorded while we were there in town. Right. The hit bonus podcast, Factory Seconds. Mm-hmm. And if you're already a Max Fun subscriber, uh, that should be in your feed really soon, if not already, by the time this comes out, right? Yeah, I think it'll already be out by the oh, time wow. this comes out. Yeah. Dang. It's so heartbreaking to not have a great meal in Vegas, but to sacrifice a great Las Vegas meal for the Cheesecake Factory, that was tough. That was a tough moment for me. It wasn't too big a sacrifice. I I think we had some good eats on that table. It was a great meal. Yeah. But yeah, just a different kind of great meal. Yeah, exactly. So uh, then we got to go back into the convention afterwards because our- Bracelets still work. Our wristbands still still paid over there. We saw a little bit of the uh, the cosplay competition in the main hall, which was really cool. I would say Tendi was another highlight of the cosplay for me. Just like really nailing the hair of a cartoon without making it crazy. And uh, there was a peanut hamper with her too. Yeah. That was a favorite. That was really good. We saw a couple of Guinans. You remember the Guinan family? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, was, there was a mom Guinan with a very little like maybe three or four year old mini Guinan with her and there's uh, a little Guinan the littlest Guinan (laughs) a real rascal of a Guinan you could say (laughs) I haven't been young for a long time and I intend to enjoy every minute of it I'm trying to think of some of the other deep cuts I mean uh, our friend Brie Belke went as uh, the material scientist from Star Trek 4 oh yeah it's a classic (laughs) you're joking with the I quit smoking button 
No I quit smoking beer koozie, I noticed. Uh, so that was a little bit disappointing that she didn't have that with her. Huh. Wonder what happened there, Bree. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was it was great. We saw so many so many friends of DeSoto this year. Like I think that in years past, you and I have gone at him and had maybe one or two people come up and say, Hey, love your show, or we'll spot somebody in a t shirt from our show. This year it it was really noticeably different. Like there were so many friends of DeSoto at the Star Trek convention this year. Yeah, it felt like in years past we would have to look for them. This was the year where they found us. And every hour we were at the convention or close by to the Rio, we were being approached by FODs. And they were great, all of them, everyone. Every mm-hmm. single one. Super nice, took pictures with tons of people, you know, heard it from people whose cities we aren't planning on visiting on our upcoming tour, heard excitement from people whose cities we are planning on visiting on our upcoming tour. Yeah, big fun. It was so cool and so cool to see like all of the different merch out there. Like people wear our t-shirts to the Star Trek convention and that's so like, that's such a trip to me. I can't believe that, that like it's become a part of their thing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really feels like we made the leap. And I think one of the things that was my favorite part was that, Wendy, you got to come with us and you got to like, be a part of the reception of that feeling. Like it's such a thrill to have an FOD come up and say that like your work means something to them and it makes them laugh and it's meaningful to do it. And like, I'm so glad you were there to get that too. Yeah. Yeah. I think the difference for me is probably that like, you know, editing is such solitary work. You know, you just sit there for hours and hours. It's not like, you know, QAs are collaborative with you guys and we meet and talk about production and stuff. But otherwise, like, I'm kind of like in my world, you know, just <laughs> yeah, banging out edits, you know. So to see FODs and like hear that they appreciate the work and like even hear what things they think are really funny or whatever was like yeah. really cool and, and really gratifying. So I was appreciative of everybody I got to meet. We learned of a, a drop that has been on the show that I don't think Adam or I even knew about when we were at STLV. (laughs) Yeah, why don't you tell everyone what the secret drop is that we haven't noticed? You're talking about Anne-Marie's drop? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What, you guys, like, don't QA the show, or what? I guess... Oh, we absolutely do, but we didn't know what the clicking sound was. I always, like, I'm walking the dog or something, so probably it just... I'm probably interpreting it as environmental noise and not. It was a part subtle the- one. It was a subtle one. Well, I told Anne Maria it could still evolve. You know, there's there's more hangs to be had. So, but yeah, yeah, we were. So when we were in, I was in New York for the reencounter at Farpoint, and after you abandoned Anne Marie to the restaurant, <laughs> brutally, it. hey, savagely, we abandoned you too. Yeah, yeah, you did. You abandoned your producer. <laughs> but we took a cab um, somewhere else in Brooklyn and. It was a minivan and there were four of us and we got to the place and this hilarious Lyft driver did not say a word. You know, it just seemed like we were parked in traffic kind of thing, like trying to get through a narrow street. And we just hear like the lock of the doors. (laughs) Click, click. And we're just like chatting and talking and like click, click again, click, click. Like he's getting more, more and more, you know. So this is his signal, like, get the fuck out of my lift. Yeah, exactly. Like, what the hell are you ladies doing? Get the fuck out! So finally, we're like, oh, are we here? Like, 
Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're here. Okay, so we get out and we just thought it was like the most hilarious thing that the cabbie would like just not say, hey, we're here. <laughs> Instead, it was like this nonverbal signal. So that door lock click has has been in the show when when Anne Marie's name comes up, friend of DeSoto Anne Marie Siegel's name will get dropped and she gets a door unlock click like get out of the get out of the show. <laughs> Can I give you a tag for that for the effects? Mm-hmm. Is uh like Birdman and Lil Wayne have a song called Know What I'm Doing and like click click is in the chorus of oh, that. Oh nice. Okay. And now we'll get uh, demonetized on YouTube for all of those episodes. Great thinking, Adam. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> we need to score a lot of Latin fast. What do you think of when you think of male grooming? Maybe it's a sharp haircut and a little bit of product, or a bit of the old beard wax twisted into the ends of a mustache. Maybe it's a shower, a shave, a little spritz of fragrance. Me? I think of shaving my nuts. And not just my nuts, all around those nuts. I'm talking all around those nuts. And this form of male grooming is hard to do when your junk looks like a log of Play-Doh rolled through a dustpan in a barber shop. It's wrinkly, it's wriggly, nothing stays in place, and it's the one area where you don't want to have an accident. That's why I'm glad we're sponsored by the spring cleaning champions at Manscaped. They sent me their brand new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It's their fifth generation trimmer, featuring two interchangeable next gen skin safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little bit off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. They also sent me an extra large Manscaped t-shirt, which I will never wear, but it was nice of them to do. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in your pants. I have tried so many meal services over the years. After all, I am a podcast host. And I got to tell you, Factor Meals is my favorite. Why? Because I can go from what am I going to have for dinner to eating a great dinner in exactly two minutes with Factor Meals. And don't sleep on their smoothies either. I got six of these in the box this week. Mango, tropical fruit, strawberry or banana. They're all amazing. They're like meal supplements I can enjoy while I'm on the go. Head to factormeals.com slash trek50 and use the code trek50 to get 50% off. Again, that's the code trek50 at factormeals.com slash trek50 to get 50% off. It has been a long time coming that podshop.biz is as good as it is. The stuff on there is just really high quality and there's a ton of variety. We've got t-shirts and sweatshirts, obviously, but we've got hats, we've got mugs, we've got water bottles, patches, mouse pads, shower shoes. There's so much great stuff on there. I'm really proud of what we have on offer. I'm proud that the store has a lot of really great size-inclusive options, and uh, I think there's enough variety that just about any friend of DeSoto could find something that they'd really love to have in their collection at podshop.biz. So head over there and give it a look. Why don't you? Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. 
It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Well, there's a new ship. She's got the right name. She's got the right name. Now you remember that, you hear? Aaron Waltke, the uh, showrunner of Prodigy, was off having a meal with a bunch of people in a pizza restaurant that seems to have opened in... Like, I I don't understand these restaurants that have opened in the Rio since I was there last, but there were a couple of those, and I was like, oh, okay, that's uh, (laughs) really doing it on hard mode, like (laughs) one of the hardest businesses to succeed in, and you opened up your brick and mortar in the Rio, but okay. It didn't seem like a real place the same way that the steakhouse at the top of the building didn't seem like a real place. Like, it was... It was a steakhouse in name only, yeah. the way the pizza place was in name only, and I guess it sort of did service. The pizza looked good. It looked legit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we were saying hi to Aaron Waltke. We met the Hageman brothers, who uh, he works with on that show. They are the, uh, the creators of Star Trek Prodigy, and they knew who Adam was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Evidently, uh, they listen, and <laughs> they know of my feelings of Rock Talk's mouth. Well, at first he actually said that you just didn't like Rock Talk and you had to clarify. No, it's it's really just Rock Talk's mouth. <laughs> yeah, Rock Talk's cool. Yeah. That mouth, though. <laughs> uh, we had some fun banter with those guys, actually. We riffed up a bunch of, like, Prodigy After Dark episode concepts. Like, mm. what would you do if the show didn't have the word Nickelodeon in the title? In the same way that, like, Baywatch got Baywatch Nights, I think Prodigy Nights could be... A viable idea here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like explore some of the darker things that are implied by Prodigy. <laughs> like that mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like I guess slavery is pretty dark, but there's they could go darker, you know. Can't they? <laughs> Did you guys happen to see the uh the Prodigy season two clip that Aaron was talking about? Have not no. seen it yet. Okay. I won't ruin it for you, but it's pretty fun. Oh man. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to think like with the writer's strike and the actor strike going on right now, the fact that they have a basically done season of a show, it would seem to be bad timing for Paramount to be like, nope, we're done with this. Like, 
Aaron Waltke seemed really optimistic the entire time. He did not seem like a person bummed about the status of the show, which I think gave me a lot of hope. Mm -hmm. He was casually talking about maybe there being a future for the show beyond second season. So, you know, maybe that I I think in, in Hollywood, you can never really bank on anything. But I feel like the idea that that's not like a, a totally insane concept to introduce in a in a conversation is giving me some hope. I'd guess Waltke was drunk on hoof drinks, but I know that would have been impossible. (laughs) So we decided that that was not where we were going to eat dinner. We were not going to eat dinner at the, like, extremely liminal pizza place in the Rio. And instead, we went over to the Chinatown of Las Vegas, where we met up with the Open Pike Night podcast hosts for podcast host karaoke. How risky was this, Ben? I mean, agreeing to karaoke is always risky, I would say. (laughs) We barely know the Open Pike Night hosts. We like what we know of them. It didn't feel like a trick or a trap. I mean, it did when we got there. Yeah. (laughs) When we got there, like, not that many people had showed up yet, and it was like private karaoke room karaoke. It wasn't like at a venue. It was like one of those... That's the that, best kind, though, right? That your Korea's towns and your Chinatowns have where you rent out a room and and it's a little bit more intimate. Yeah. It wound up being kind of the highlight of the entire trip for me. Like, karaoke was super fun. I, I'm bad at karaoke in a lot of ways. One of the many ways is the songs I know lyrics to are almost all rap songs that I cannot perform publicly. <laughs> And like, they don't even have those songs in those karaoke books anyways. And the karaoke books at this place were probably 20% Western pop music and the rest K-pop. Like almost everything yeah. that they had to offer was not, like you couldn't even read most of the book because it was in Korean. And I was not about to do a Blackpink song in yeah. front of you guys. We wound up being there for like hours. and It was so much fun. A bunch of FODs were there. A bunch of their fans came. Uh, Jess from The Morning Show and uh, Roddenberry Entertainment fame came and uh, did a couple of numbers. Absolute superstar. At I know. Yeah. Probably it was amazing. the highest amount of showmanship of anybody. And it was really fun for me because I had like, uh, run off to the bathroom before she got there. And when I came back, she was absolutely tearing it up. <laughs> like, I guess she had just like gotten out of a cab, like not stopped moving and like walked into the room and and a mic was thrust into her hand and she was singing like immediately because <laughs> I wasn't gone that long. She's so great. She was great at that. Pretty good. And uh, DeFested did a really nice rendition of Faith of the Heart. Oh, that's, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Defested had a couple of show-stopping moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Like <laughs> a Tenacious D song auto-played after somebody else's Tenacious D song. And Defested was like, oh, I know this one. I'll just do it. And like <laughs> jumped up and <laughs> absolutely blew the roof off the place. The rice wine was flowing heavily. Yes. <laughs> it really was. Ben, you have to tell everybody about the hilarious song you did with the Silence of the Lambs. So there's this... <laughs> I think this was just like an early internet viral video. Uh, there's a band called Greenskeepers, and I think the song might just be called Lotion. And it's a song from the perspective of Buffalo Bill singing to the lady in the hole in Silence of the Lambs about how excited he is to get her skin supple with the lotion. 
And I always thought that this song is hilarious. And I uh, like at a certain point, we switched over from the in-house karaoke system to just pulling up songs on YouTube. And I pulled this song up and Adam was like, dude, no, that doesn't have karaoke lyrics on it. And I was like, I promise you there won't be a version on YouTube <laughs> of this song that has been set up for karaoke. This may be the first time in history that anybody has karaoke It puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> it was a risk in a couple of ways. It was a risk in that way, but also doing a song that you could be sure that no one in the room would know was like... <laughs> A big lift, such a risk, and you absolutely cut all our heads off. Like <laughs> it was amazing. It totally destroyed. Hilarious. Yeah, it's fun when something like that pays off. I I have to say, like a big part of my karaoke anxiety is how many times I've missed on the math on something like that. So I missed with common people. I thought it would work because it was a Shatner song that he covered. Oh and yeah, I, I thought people would know it, but yeah, I ate shit on that one. <laughs> I, I really like that song, so I, I enjoyed your rendition. Yeah, you guys are both great. I liked Ben's like karaoke sway. You had a particular <laughs> like move. <laughs> I would say that the highest risk move was the Open Pike Night guys did one of the musical numbers from Subspace Rhapsody, and yeah, it's hard to do because the there is a lyric video of it on YouTube, but it's like the lyrics pop up as they're sung in the song, not the like beep, 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 now sing this word of a karaoke video. So they were great sports to uh, make their way all the way through that. And they were a lot of fun to hang out with. And uh, I think we're on the episode about Subspace Rhapsody, right? They they got a little audio from us oh, cool. uh, while, while we were there. But yeah, I hope we get to do something more uh, formal on that show at some point soon. The greatest trek is yet to come. I think at that point it was like, 10 p.m. and we were like, fuck, we should probably eat something. <laughs> We've been drinking all day and all night. <laughs> Dinner was great that night. We found a great place that was open late, but the mistake was overindulging extremely late at night. Yeah. Like the drinks were really flowing at that point. Yeah. We had a few FODs with us and uh, we went back to our hotel and ate, and then we were like, well, I guess we got to go back to the Rio for some after-party <laughs> hangs, which was like, yeah. you know, like we didn't need to do that. <laughs> no. No, I did that thing where uh, you slapped a, a drink out of my hand because <laughs> I did not need that drink. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we reunited with uh, John Billingsley at the after-party. Yeah. I met an FOD who's a pro-dominatrix, which was... Uh, yeah. I learned a lot about what that's like. You know, I've I've gleaned things from listening to Dan Savage over the years and uh, his occasional guest question answerers, but uh, never met one in real life. She told me last year she was looking forward to meeting you. She was going to meet you. And then uh, she was going to be glad to have met you <laughs> at this year's convention. So I hope that's how it went. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how it went. <laughs> I think that was the night we were going hard on the Rope Masters, right? The <laughs> beverage of choice for STLB 23. Because I have wow. a memory I have a memory of that night. There was a, a really nice FOD who was hanging out with us named Reston. Yeah. And I just remember we were at the bar and I just heard him yell out to the bartender, it makes your ropes taste good. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, was man. a drink callback to earlier in the convention where we had all gone up to the steakhouse bar, 
we were ordering drinks for a while and someone ordered a rum and pineapple juice and it was like the music stopped. Like <laughs> everyone turned their heads. Every head in the bar turned. <laughs> it was like he had ordered fajitas the cocktail and it was at that point a cocktail without a name. We called it the Rope Master, and it stuck. It stuck for the entire time. But no, you called it the Master of Ropes at one point, though. But yeah, just a, an alt yeah. for consideration. Yeah, it stuck so much that, like, at a certain point, one of the bars at the Rio, the Masquerade Bar, was like getting orders for the Rope Master, and they knew what people were asking for. Yeah, like we've forever changed that bartender's life. Mm-hmm. Is it your understanding that the whole reason the Masquerade Bar was open was because of Dr. Star Trek? Larry Nemesek made that happen? Oh, did he? Because, like, the entire hotel was, like, skeleton crewed uh, the last several years, obviously. And I know over the years, many of the places that the conventioneers have wanted to gather have been closed or unstaffed or whatever. And Larry, as I had heard, made sure that Masquerade Bar would be staffed by... Not one, but a couple bartenders. And Smart. if that was his doing, I'm really glad he did because every night at the convention, that place was packed. Mm-hmm. And it was a ton of fun every time. It was really fun. Keeping the Rio afloat. Yeah. There were fun cocktails too, little Star Trek cocktails at that bar. Mm-hmm. Which, like in the past years, they have not done. Like they haven't, yeah. like, it's such a weird thing. Like we've gone to the Star Trek convention so many times and been like, they could like do 5% more effort and have a million little things in this hotel that are like themed like Star Trek that would honor the fact that they're hosting, you know, thousands and thousands of people here today and through the weekend for a specific purpose. And like when you see pictures from the Star Trek crews, they do that. They put like, you know, vinyl stickers up in the elevators to make it look like a Star Trek turbo lift. And like the, the drinks at all of the bars on the boat are themed and like, the fact that this was the first year I've seen that happen, like, almost gave me hope for the Rio. Like, maybe it can pull out of this nosedive. Did you hear that rumor that the next Star Trek cruise would likely be the last? No. I had heard that from a couple of different people. Dang. That that seemed to know their stuff. Wonder if that's the case. Man, well, we gotta uh, we gotta get ourselves on that freaking boat. I know. But it's like being locked in the Rio for. Five days. Is that what you want? You did not sell me on this idea at all with that description. Right. Just think it through. Think it through. It's like being locked in the Rio, but with less seasickness. You know. Yeah. Unbelievable. Were you guys there the night? I think it was Sunday night when the like nuclear bomb style alarm went off in the bar. Oh yeah, yeah. that was nuts. I thought that was it. We're all gonna die. My thought at the moment was I was going to be so angry if we all died there, crushed by that fucking hotel. (laughs) It's not the way you want to go out. They'd just throw a bunch of cat litter on top of the smoldering remains, and that would be it. Yeah, yeah. Search and rescue? I don't think we're going to need that. Yeah. Frakes got out in time. No one cares about these people. They didn't even care about themselves. They were in the Rio. (laughs) I I do want to say, like, while we shit on the Rio generally, all of the Rio employees and front of house people I thought were great. Like, absolutely. Really nice, really cool. At the Prana Cabana the next day, like, our servers were killer. The lifeguards were were. fun and funny. Like, everyone's doing their best under suboptimal conditions, you know? Yeah, definitely. That has got to be a really stressful gig. And they, like, I, I really felt like the 
service was above and beyond across the board at the Rio this year. Yeah. Let's talk about the Pranica Cabanica, which was the next day. We, uh, I think, probably had three or four times as many people as the last uh, cabana party I was at. Easily. I was so excited by how many people showed up for a morning where I was nauseous and headachy a lot of the time. (laughs) I had had a rough morning. I had to go pick up the keys to the cabana at 11. 11 felt too damn early to be doing that. (laughs) But went and set up shop and people started streaming in almost immediately, like at 11 and more and more and more people showed up until there was no place to sit. And we pulled up a couple of uh, Shea Long outside and made like a huge patio area out of it. And Ben, you ordered like a thousand fried shrimp. I think that helped make me feel better Yeah, in the tum department. Getting a big plate of fried shrimp delivered to your poolside lifestyle yeah. is the lifestyle I want to live overall. That was great. And uh, it was real fun to like fantasize about that just being like a normal way to be. <laughs> you think about all the corners that the Rio is cut. And I thought for sure, I am a betting man. If I were to make a bet on this, I would have bet that that Rio would have been warm in the pool, like gross warm. Mm -hmm. No one would want to be in there. But I got into that pool and it was amazing. It was just the thing. Everyone was loving it. So refreshing. Yeah. We just had a great time. I mean, Friends of DeSoto from as far away as Australia attended the the Pranica Cabanica. Yeah. That was the last convention thing I did. I pretty much packed my bag and and went to the airport from that. You stood under a busted hose pipe, washed yourself (laughs) off and then left. I, I was really self-conscious on the plane. I was like, God, I, I really hope that did the trick. Like, I hope I'm, I don't stink like ass and sandal to the people surrounding me. Ass and sandal sounds like a generic men's fragrance you'd get at a drugstore, you know, when you, when you can't afford Old Spice. Yeah, it's the designer imposter. You buy ass and sandal. <laughs> then I had an absolute monster on my flight home who I always ride window This time I I got the upgrade into the aisle and my window person kept that window down the whole flight. What the The entire flight from like taxi to takeoff to landing. I don't like having that thing closed when I land. That banger got dropped. I was shocked as hell. (laughs) It was a mild shock. He will recover. And when he does? Oh man, I'm sorry you got shocked. A lot of hungover people on that flight out of Vegas. Mm -hmm. That's the jam. Yeah, the, the Monday morning back to LA from Vegas is, uh, I mean, I know why that person kept that window shut. Yeah. The light was giving their headache legs. Yeah. Yeah. This guy on the window, uh, had his head down the entire time and not on the tray table either. Like just down. Like bracing himself for impact down. Yeah. (laughs) Life insurance pays off triple if you die on a business trip. Damn. You want to go around and, uh, and do, uh, did you like Star Trek Las Vegas? Yeah, let's review it. Let's start with you, Wendy. I definitely liked Star Trek Las Vegas. It was weird. It was like a quick dip of the toe into the convention life. I think you're right on the three-night limit because I exceeded it. (laughs) So I know. You did. I didn't even consider that you had broken that rule. Right. Oh, no. Not on purpose, but it happened. 
but yeah, it was really interesting. I was I was impressed to see, you know, all the fans there. That that was the most impressive part is just to see how much everyone was enjoying it and like having fun with each other. You know, it was great. So yeah, uh, I'd give it a mm, eight out of ten. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. And Rio probably accounts for the the two knocked off, right? That's the trauma that I'm going to be working through. <laughs> You're working through the trauma of being stuck in that stairwell. Oh <sighs> yeah. The Rio tried to kill you on night one. I was in that hotel for five minutes and got locked yeah. into a a place you couldn't get out of. <laughs> this could actually be an important public service announcement. Just as an aside, before we continue mm-hmm. on with the did you like. There's signage that tells you to go up to the 51st floor for the bar that I was meeting you guys at. And when you go up there, or at least when I went up there, maybe I used the wrong elevator or something. It was like a private suite and a stairwell. (laughs) And I was like, obviously, I'm going to go down a floor because I think the restaurant's one floor down. Um, So I push the elevator. I wait a million years. And I'm like, this (laughs) elevator's never coming. So I'm like, okay, there's a stairwell. Let me just take the stairwell one floor down. You know, this is... I don't think this is too unusual of a like next step in the process of, of finding your friends. <laughs> right. But I walk through the stairwell and I walk down to the 50th floor, one flight, and I pull the door. It does not open. It's locked. And so I walk back up to where I just came from, 51st floor, pull the door. It is locked. And the stairwell is bleak. Like it is bleak. It's hot in there. Like it, there's no air. It, it's the 50th floor. Is it like emergency lighting, like flickery fluorescent yeah, light? Yeah, like dead bugs on the floor, pooling water oh, on the well, stairs. Well, probably great for the feral cats. That's probably where they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was like back and forth, like oh, I was texting you, texting Anne-Marie, like I am locked in the stairwell of the Rio and I was wearing flip-flops. I was like 50 floors down. This is going to be rough. So We cut from Wendy back in the stairwell to me and Ben laughing at someone ordering the Rope Master. <laughs> like, <laughs> diametrically opposed feelings there. Yeah. yeah, real horror show in the stairwell. So Anne-Marie came and rescued me uh, out of the stairwell and yeah, saved my life, really. Anne-Marie rescued a lot of people. It's nice to have a medical professional at a Star Trek convention. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> she had a she had a colleague from her medical career there, Sam, who is a friend of DeSoto and confirmed my my fart theory, the mm. the silent fart versus the noisy fart. The silent one smells, the noisy one doesn't. Incredible. He said that that's just good science. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to I think I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10 as well and I will also say this is probably my favorite STLV yet. It just uh, it was a ton of fun. It probably the first STLV where I wasn't like, eh, I don't know if I need to do that next year." Like ne- I'm like actively excited for next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me it's a 10 out of 10 because we didn't stay at the Rio. I think choosing the right place to stay really helps. Yeah. And the FODs made it a thrill every time. It felt like walking around anywhere, we were meeting all sorts of great people, making it a fun hang everywhere we went. Karaoke night was an absolute highlight for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I love those moments in any kind of vacation context where like you don't plan for it. It's just a thing that happened. And there were so many moments at STLV this year that felt that way. Like, we don't really have plans. We're just kind of floating around getting into adventures and all the adventures were really fun. 
Yeah, it was a hoot. Mm -hmm. I'm glad we all got to do them together too. That was neat. I'm actually downgrading it to a seven because the purple zebra never opened while I was there and I didn't get my hoof. So sad. I mean, I'm going to give mine an 11 because the purple zebra remained closed. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you! (laughs) I didn't need that in my life. (laughs) Well, Wendy, I can see it's getting very dark where you are. So uh, why don't we let you go so that we can get into the priority one messages and uh, people will catch back up with you in the credits. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks for joining us. The greatest trick. Ben, we got a lot of uh, in-person kind messages at STLV. What do you say we go back into the Priority One message inbox and see if anything nice was written down there? Let's do it. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Ben, our first Priority One message is from She, who is your wife. It is to Dougie Fresh. That message goes like this. Happy 40th birthday. Wow. Life is a perpetual tornado of chaos, but so glad we get to face it together. We're a hell of a combination. (laughs) Let's keep being awesome and watching Star Trek together for the next 40 years. Unless Wesley wants me to be a traveler of all of space and time. In that case, I'm out of (laughs) here. I love you and I like you. I'm not the dumb one. (laughs) Dougie Fresh, your wife seems great. You're very lucky. Yeah. And happy birthday. So many people uh, turning 40 in our audience. I wonder why uh, all these Star Trek people are all of a sudden turning 40. <laughs> hey, Wendy, what do we say if Wesley wants to invite us to be a traveler of all time and space? How about new? <laughs> and our next priority one message is from Kevin from Cincy, and it's to Ben and Adam. It goes like this. I'm the guy who said see you in Cincy in a past P1 after the show was canceled. <sighs> Did you do anything to make me think I needed to apologize for making you feel bad about not making it? No. Do I carry around a formless guilt I am always looking to express regardless? Absolutely. Anyway, sorry, and now I hope to see you at the Chicago live show. Wow. (laughs) Kevin from Cincy really has a kind of Benjamin R. Harrison way about him. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) My therapist is Jewish, and one time she went off on a jag, the premise of which is that in Judaism, da-da-da-da-da-da, and she was like, I'm sorry, you weren't raised Jewish. You just have so much guilt. I always think of you as Jewish. (laughs) God. You're really in the right place, (laughs) religiously. (laughs) I I found my people. Yeah. Cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks. Kevin, you don't need to feel bad. We feel bad. But the person who should really feel bad is that fucking promoter that couldn't get their shit together to sell tickets to a show that they had agreed to promote. Yeah. I heard you like Greatest Gen shows in Cincinnati. How would you like a Greatest Gen show in Austin? (laughs) Instead. From what I understand, the people of Ohio are used to driving to Texas to see shows. (laughs) That is the best we can do under the circumstances. And it also makes sure we're going to go back to Texas, which is a priority for us. So, yeah. Looking forward to that. Indeed. Well, thanks to everyone who got a P1 on today's episode. If you'd like to get one... The way to do it is by going to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron and setting it up today, right now while you're thinking about it. Ben, we're not going to do Edward Larkins today. I feel like when you're in Vegas, that would make it a whole other show. Every Larkin that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. We can't tell those stories on the show. 
Indeed. But what we can do is do a Warning Bois segment, Adam. That's right, Ben. Warning Bois. A great way to spread the word about Greatest Trek and Greatest Generation, while also repelling those who would just not be into it. Mm-hmm. Prepare a buoy and launch it when ready. Warning buoys. An emergency buoy. A warning buoy. Our warning buoy today comes from Twitter, Allison M on Twitter specifically. Her message goes like this. Another thank you to at CallieND3 for introducing me to At Greatest Trek. I just signed up as a monthly supporter. Wow. At times during the Star Trek colon Picard pods, I've had to pull over the car because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> All of you need to listen to this one. Man, that is really nice to hear. Yeah, definitely don't do anything unsafe in that car. <laughs> yeah. But thank you for sharing. Thank you to everyone who shares about our show on social media whether it's called Twitter or something else. Yeah, I think sharing the show is one of the main reasons why we met so many FODs at STLV this year. Indeed. Well, Adam, we're going to throw the keys to the pod back to Wendy now. Boy, what what a treat to have Wendy on the show, huh? Yeah, loved it. She's great. We really appreciate everybody listening in during the off-season. We've got uh, Lower Decks coming up real soon, but uh, one more off-season episode before that, I believe. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, listen to Wendy's outro and you can learn a little bit about what we've got in store for next week. Take it away, Wendy. And then get some sleep. Yeah, geez. Greatest Trek is an Uxbridge Shimoda podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. It's hosted by Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica, and it's produced and edited by Wendy Pretty. We are cooking up something very special for next week. Adam Ragusea is going to join the guys to talk about cinematography and Star Trek and a whole lot of other fun stuff. That will be in your podcast feed, and you'll also be able to watch the video version on YouTube next Friday. In the meantime, we want to thank the very same Adam Ragusea for composing all of the original music for this show. You can check out his YouTube cooking channel and podcast by searching for Adam Ragusea. Thank you to Nick Dittmore for creating the show art and Bill Tilly for managing all of the At Greatest Trek social media pages on Instagram, Threads, Twitter, and Mastodon, where you can connect with other friends of DeSoto using the hashtag GreatestTrek. The USS Hood Discord was a big part of STLV this year. You can join the ranks over there at DrunkShimoda.com. Thank you to the Max Fund members who keep this podcast going with their monthly support at MaximumFun.org slash join. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next week on Greatest Trek. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.